Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Amen. Great singing this morning. Go with me, if you would, please, to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and we're going to look at this subject of holiness here today, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and I want to begin reading, if you'd follow along with me in verse number 6, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more, and that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that we may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Father, today we do come into your presence, and Lord, you are holy. And Lord, we magnify you today, and we exalt you. Lord, we honor you. And so, Lord, as we look at this passage of Scripture that speaks of holiness, speaks of your desire, how you want us to live, we pray that your Spirit would have free reign. Lord, if there's anything right now in this room that is distracting our thoughts and our hearts from hearing from you, Lord, we pray that you would hedge this place with an army of angels. Keep any distraction that would keep us from hearing what you would have today. Lord, if there's anyone in this room today struggling, Lord, I pray that you'd give them relief today. I pray that you would encourage them today. Lord, I pray that your spirit would minister to them today so that they could hear from you. And Lord, if there's anyone living in sin, then I pray you convict them. And I pray they'd be right before you today. They'd live honestly before you today so that they could hear from you. And Lord, we just want to give glory to you. So do a work today, we pray, that only you can do, and we will give you the glory for it. And we'll honor you. So bless this message, we pray. Honor the preaching of your word as we desire to hear from you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Apostle Paul is instructing these Christians, this chapter, this, this book, and we've been in 1 Thessalonians for quite a period of time. We looked at it uh, beginning of December as the last I've preached from it, but then uh, took some time to preach through some Christmas messages now I want to finish this, this uh, book here in our study on Sunday mornings. And so we come to this, and I remind you that Paul is instructing these Christians at Thessalonica 
how to live differently in a world filled with sin. Paul is going to encourage them with many a things. We're going to see in next week, Lord willing, we'll see and look at this this, this subject matter of, of, the, uh, of the rapture of the church and, and the, the events that surround that. And this church is ready for Jesus Christ to come. But as this church is ready for Christ to come, they are enduring suffering. Paul is going to give them several things here in this chapter, this, these specific verses on how the Christian ought to live in a sin-filled world. The, the believer is different because he should not be involved in the things that, that, that lost or the unsaved world are involved in. His desires should be different. His heart should be different. His, his, his goals in life should be different. Everything about the believer should be different than those that do not know Jesus Christ. And Paul is going to address this with this church. Now, as he's addressing it with the church here at Thessalonica, it's very different than the church at Corinth. The church at Corinth, they were carnal. They were backslidden. They were, they were glad that they were saved, but they were enjoying the sin that they were involved in. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he's rebuking them, saying, this is not how you ought to live. Paul is, is not taking that same tone or, or uh, uh, addressing the church at Thessalonica in the same way that he might have been addressing the church at Corinth. Here he's speaking to this church to encourage this church. This church is a church that loves the Lord. This church is a church that is serving the Lord. This church is one that is waiting for the second coming of Christ. This church is actively doing the will of God. And Paul is addressing these issues here in this chapter, specifically this area here in chapter number four, to encourage them to stay faithful and to continue to do right. This is important because at any time we can get discouraged and begin to, to fall back. We can see the events that are happening all around us in this world and say, is it worth living? In this church here, they're so eager to see Christ return that they're getting discouraged because he's not. And what's discouraging them is there's persecution in the church. There's problems within their lives. They're burying those that they love. They're, they're dealing with situations because of a sin-filled world, and they're getting discouraged because they thought Christ was coming again. But I want to assure you today, Christ is coming again. But until then, we are commanded to stay faithful and to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know as well as I know, living in the world we live in can be discouraging. I thought this, this morning as I was praying for the, the Marshall family, and I just thought to myself, what is church over there at Hope Baptist going to be like this morning as the, the pastor is, is going to prepare to preach if, if he's going to be able to do that while he's lost everything? And I sat there at my desk this morning, I thought to myself, would I still be able to serve the Lord if I lost everything? Now you think, well, that's, of course I'd serve the Lord. I haven't lost everything yet. There's many in this room that I want to commend you. You are serving the Lord through great loss. 
Uh, you're serving the Lord through, through great turmoil and great affliction in your life and, and, and continue to serve Jesus Christ. He's worthy. But this church is going through what we would just call life, the problems of life. I've said this so often to the Lord. Uh, I, I remember when I first was, was uh, 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 preaching, and, and uh, I'd get up, and I'd study all week long, and I'd, 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 a few moments before I'd get up to preach, and I'd say to the Lord this, Lord, if you want to come back right now, it'd be okay with me. It's just fine. I'm not upset that I studied all week. You can come. Every so often, I still do the same thing. Lord, you can come. We want the Lord to come. We anticipate his coming, but the Lord is tarried his coming and, and, and we're enduring affliction. This church is the same. But we learn this through Paul's writing, the child of God represents heaven. You and I, if you're a child of God today, if you are born again and you have trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, you do not represent this world. You are a citizen of heaven, and we represent heaven. And Paul says this, that we are ambassadors for Christ. That means this, we're going through this world, this nation, this, this life, not as citizens of this world, but we are representing another world. We're representing another place, and that place is heaven. And heaven is where God sits, and God is a holy God. And so we, as born-again believers in Christ, we represent a holy God. We don't represent this world. We don't represent this world, its systems and its values. We represent heaven. The world's, the world's values are never, are, 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 I'm sorry, are ever changing. And they're always changing to feed our lust. They're always evolving to satisfy our passions. There, there, there's, no, there's no more moral compass any longer. It's whatever feels good, do. Do as much as you want to. This is your life. Do what you want. Be what you want. And, and, and live how you want. It's your life and you decide. Where the believer realizes this, I am bought with a price. This life is not my life. I belong to God. God, what do you desire for my life? What do you want for my life? The world is ever evolving to satisfy one's passions, one's lust. But a Christian must strive for holiness. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number seven. Once again, the Bible says, For God hath not called us to uncleanliness, but unto holiness, Christ-likeness. I want you to write this down someplace in your thoughts, in your heart, and I want you to remember this all week long. Every time you get up, every time there's a circumstance in your life this week, every time you're frustrated at work, every time somebody cuts you off, every time something happens to you that you aren't ready to happen, I want you to know this, and I want you to write this down, I'm different because I'm a Christian. And I handle things differently because I'm a Christian. I deal with life differently because I have the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. And you do too. 
The Spirit of God dwells within us. We are bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are not our own. We belong to God. And so everything that we do with our life represents a holy God. And God says this through the inspiration of Scripture here for us to hear, God has not called us to uncleanliness, but he has called you unto holiness. In verse 3 down through verse number 6, I thought this was interesting. Verse number 3 down through verse number 6, and I preached on this this uh, uh, beginning of December. I, I was visiting one of our, our widows this past week, and uh, she, uh, she isn't able to be here at church. She doesn't drive any longer. And as I was visiting her, she said, I, I got into her house. She said, oh, my, I'm surprised you're still here. I said, what did I do? Have a seat. I sit down. I said, what did I do? She said, you preached on fornication. And she says, you couldn't hear me, but I was amening you the whole time. She says, didn't, don't you know that? Preachers aren't supposed to preach on fornication and money. She said, that you just can't. They run you out of town for messages like that. And I said, I'm only preaching what's in the book. And she uh, she made me laugh on that. I've heard several people say that. What a way to start a Christmas season is preach on fornication. But it's in the book. What's interesting, it was three verses long. Verse 3, all the way down through verse number 6. I guess it's four verses. I'm not a mathematician here. But it's three, four, five, and six, four verses long. It is all speaking on fornication. The verse that we read this morning, let no, man, uh, let no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such. Do you realize this? He's still speaking of fornication. It's one sentence. Look at it. Take the time to, to review that and study that. Verse number three, all the way down through verse number six, it's all in the same context, speaking about the same thing, and it's how we treat our bodies and how we treat other people's bodies. Our lust. It's a sick world that we're living in that, that, that human beings are being sold for their bodies so that someone else can make money. It's, it's a sick world that we live in that a, another human being is being trafficked and, 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 and uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sick world that we live in uh, that, that we with lustful thoughts and lustful eyes would want to take something and be with someone that is not our spouse. That is wickedness and that is sin and that is not for the Christian. We're to live holy lives. Our marriages should be Holy. Now don't get quiet on me. You are quiet when I preach that message. I'm, I'm passing through it here today, all right? Don't get quiet when the preacher preaches on sin. Unless you're, me, you're doing business with the Lord. Don't get offended. Why? Because we are to live a holy life. And Paul is addressing in verse number three, down through verse number six, what is he addressing? He's addressing sex outside of marriage. And sex outside of marriage, church, even in 2023, it is sin. It's wrong. And I want to encourage every single parent in this room to teach your children it's wrong. And why is it wrong? I want you to go with me to verse number six. 
Look with me, if you would, please. Let no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any manner, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such. And we also have forewarned you and testified. The Lord deals with his children that sin. The Lord deals with us. We need to teach our children to have a proper fear of the Lord. We need to teach our families, our, 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 our homes, to have a proper respect and honor for the Lord Jesus Christ. God does desire and God does command and God does want you to live differently than the values of this world. He wants you to live for him. He wants you to represent him. You'd do real good right now if everyone right now in unison said, Amen, preacher. Amen. Good, good. I want you to write this, God, this down, number one, this morning. I want us to look at this, God's call to his children. God's call to his children. And would you write this down, his call to each and every one of us today that are his children is holiness. Holiness. It's a devout service to God. It's morally and, and spiritually excellence. Now, there's a difference between legalism and holiness. I want to remind you that the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they tried to live a legalistic life. We don't live a life so that we are pleasing to God, so that God accepts us. He has already accepted us through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are to live a holy life because we represent him now. We're his children. We represent heaven here upon this earth. Peter said this uh, to, to, the, to the Jews that were scattered abroad, that were now believers in Christ. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. The command uh, to the believer has always been to live a holy life. Why? Because God is holy. God desires, God's desire is that all of the world would know him. That's been the, 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 the story of the Bible ever since man sinned back in Genesis. God's desire was to redeem mankind. God desires man to walk with him and fellowship with him and, and to commune with him. But sin broke that relationship. God cannot, he cannot allow sin in his presence. But God wants you in his presence for all of eternity. And so his desire was to send his son to be the payment for our sin debt so that we could be redeemed and that we could spend forever with him. It's the story of the Bible. God seeks to cure what sin has destroyed. And now that you and I are a child of God, we represent, we are his spokesmen here upon this earth to tell others how they could be redeemed and reconciled back to God. And God says, you do that through a holy living, representing me so that others see who God is. Sin caused jealousy. Sin caused hatred, sin caused death, sin caused disease, it called lust, it, it's caused immorality, it's, it's caused uh, devastation to all mankind. This uncleanliness, it separated man from God. The Bible says we're born in trespasses and sin. But God wants to redeem us. And once we are saved, he says, I desire for you to live a holy life so that you are communing with me and others can see how great God is. And Christian, there's a pull. 
There's a pull for Christians, a pull to, to, to bring us back into bondage. There's a pull for Christians to, to loosen up. There's a pull for Christians to, to be more relevant, to, to make the message more relevant so it, it attracts and appeases people. I, I want to submit to you today, the message that we preach out of the Word of God is not going to attract a lost person to continue to live in their sin. The message that we preach is repentance and get right with God and live a holy life because God is holy. That's the message we preach. We can't soften the message. We can't take repentance and sin out of the message. Yes, we preach God's grace and we preach God's love. Yes, we preach all of those wonderful attributes of God. But church, we are not trying to get people to join our club. We're trying to get people from, from spending eternity in hell. And the only way to do that, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way to have eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord. The message of the church is holiness. If you're here today and you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, Paul said this, shall we continue in sin? God forbid. God forbid. It's time for us to repent of that sin and turn from that sin and begin to follow, wholly follow Jesus Christ. My question today to all of us here is, are we holy? Are we following Christ? Is our life pure before God? Are we, are we living for the Lord? Is there anything in our life that, that needs to be confessed? Is there anything in our life that we need to, to put away so that we could be holy for God is holy? Our message, it's not watered down so people feel comfortable. The message is about a holy God and a call is for us to be holy. So I asked you today, are you holy? In your mind right now, in your heart, if you're making excuses for why you're not, that is not the right response. Are you right with God today? Listen to me, husbands and wives, is your marriage holy? Husbands, are you, are you loving your wives like Christ loved the church? Wives, are you submitting to your husbands? If, 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 if at all you're making excuses why I can't love because of who that is, and I can't submit because of who that is, what you're saying is I'm refusing to be holy. Young people, are you honoring your parents? You say, well, if you can make excuses why I can't honor your parents, what you're saying is I'm making excuses why I can't be holy. Church, my biggest desire for us, everybody individually and corporately as a church, is that one day we stand before God and we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And it's only if we will submit ourselves to God and live his will and live holy lives will we hear that message. I was so tired this past week and 
When I went to, to Bono Sunday, <clears throat> got there, and I saw that car in the parking lot all by, its, all by himself, and he came into the church, and we had communion there last Sunday, and this young fellow, Matt is his name, he came into the church, and, and he said to me, he said, hey, what's all that about? He saw the cups and the bread sitting there, and he said, what's that about? I said, you don't know what that is? He said, no, am I supposed to take it? I said, probably not. <laughs> he said, how do you know? Because if he didn't know what it was, he probably didn't need to take it. And I said, no, you can just leave that there. We'll talk about it. Well, I was driving home, I thought to myself, here is a young 19-year-old boy that worked all night long at Amazon, slept in the parking lot for two hours before church, just because he wanted to go to church. He came to church, and he heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he was gloriously saved. And listen, oh, listen to me, it is worth serving Jesus. It's worth it. Here, here Paul is saying, be holy. Give your lives to the Lord. Man was expelled from the garden because of sin. I, I, remember, I remember in Genesis also, we read of a man by the name of Moses. And as he came before God in that burning bush, bush what did God say to him? Take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. You see, holiness is not, is not legalism. Holiness is not adding to what you do to try to impress God. Holiness is simply abstaining from sin in representing a holy God. We're not somebody. This, this, this coat and these clothes, they don't make me any better. Church is not a museum where perfect people go. Church is a hospital of hurting people. And so many look around church and say, oh, I wish I could be this, or I wish I could be that, or I wish I could be like so-and-so. I want you to understand something. We are a group of hurting people that just simply want to serve Jesus. There's nobody perfect here, but we strive there's not a, a list of, 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 of rules that if you follow these things, then God will think something of you. You know what I found this? You can look really, really good on the outside, but God looks on the inside. There was a young lady here a couple weeks ago, sat right over here in service, sat in a wheelchair, lady in her 30s, and she was moving a lot while I was preaching in a wheelchair, just trying to get comfortable. And she um, raised her hand at the end of the service. Some of you might have remembered. And when I gave an invitation of someone trusting Christ as her Savior, her hand went up. And I always kind of ask it twice because I want to make sure that that person heard me right and her hand stayed up. And someone came over after the service. I think it was Brother Dick Dissip came over to her and shared the gospel with her and I met her out in the lobby. And here's a person for five months, for five months she was kidnapped, locked in a home, sold, her body being sold. 
She has a broken tailbone, a couple broken ribs because of the way that she was treated for five months. Five months. I've got four daughters, and I thought to myself, could I imagine for five months one of my girls being drugged out of their mind, being sold? Where does a person go? I'm so glad that God could bring her to a place like this where she can hear the gospel that Jesus loves her. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care what you've been involved in your life. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what anything is is, is done to you. God loves you. You're never too far gone for God. You can hear the glorious message of Jesus Christ. The church can gather around her. There's somebody that opened the Bible and show her that Jesus loves you and that Jesus died for you and that all your sins are forgiven through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And a person can be glorious saved. That's what the church is all about. It's not about looking down on people because we're so good. There's none righteous. No, not one. None of us are good. We're just a bunch of sinners that found Jesus and wants the rest of the world to know how good Jesus is. You see, being holy is not about you being propped up so someone sees how good you are. Being holy is about you living for God so someone sees how great God is. That's holiness. Secondly, I want you to write this down. I want you to see this. Number one, number one, I want us to look at God's call to his children. Holiness is number one. Number two is brotherly love. Brotherly love. He says in verse number eight, here therefore that uh, he that he therefore that despiseth despiseth not man but God who hath also given unto us his holy spirit but as touching brotherly love ye need not that i write unto you for ye yourselves are taught of god to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all brethren which are in all Macedonia but we beseech you brethren that ye increase more and more. The call here is for brotherly love. Love one another. This is taught to us something that's so interesting that we find here. He says this. This is not, in verse number nine, this is not something that I'm writing unto you that I'm going to teach you. What's he say here? This is something that's taught from God. You know what he's saying? The closer you are to God, the more you'll love. You'll tell who they are by their love. You'll tell who they follow because they're love. Why? Because God is love. Do you know how I love my wife more? It is not by taking her out and, and doing everything that she wants to do and spending all of my time with her, although those are wonderful things and she'd enjoy all of those things. How I love my wife more is this, by loving God and spending more time with God. My wife will see it. My children will see it. You will see it. Those around you will see it. You see, brotherly love, it starts first with you communing with God. It's taught from God. It's not something that is forced upon you. It's not something that you are taught from someone else. It's not something that you do to impress. Brotherly love, it starts first by you knowing God. 
recognizing how much God loved you, realizing that you are a sinner in in your most unlovable condition, in your most unlovable state. God loved you. Jesus Christ died for you. He paid a sin debt that you owed. He reconciles you back to him. We are lost. We are dead in trespasses and sin. And that is where God found us. Oh, the more you spend with God, the more the Spirit of God leads you, you know what you'll do? You'll genuinely love. A Christian led by the Spirit of God will have a desire to love. A Christian that's bitter, a Christian that's, that's, that's deceptive, a Christian that's critical, a, a Christian that always has something negative to say, hear me today and hear me well. And I'm not trying to find your feet. I'm trying to find your heart here with this statement. You are not walking with God. If everything in this world is about you, if everything you see is negative, If everything you see is suspicious, oh, listen to me, the closer you are with God, the more you will love. They'll know you by your love one for another. You know what Paul says this, I'm going to not tell you to love because this is something that God tells you. This is a part of being born again. This is an evidence of the Spirit of God living inside of you. This is what God is teaching you through His Spirit. He's the one that teaches us. We are taught of God to love one another. He says this, but what I'm going to tell you is this, increase in it more and more. You see, a carnal Christian will not seek the love, but a carnal Christian will seek their own desires. Someone that, someone that uh, 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 doesn't love, they're going to lust. There's a big difference between love and lust. Paul is talking these first several verses here in this chapter of lust. And so often, if we're not careful, it's lust that drives our emotion. It's lust that drives our feelings. It's lust that drives our mind. We're always wanting something to feel better. It's lust that causes us to covet. It's lust that causes us to uh, uh, get into sin. But love will keep you from those things. carnal Christian, we're going to seek their own desires. This morning we gave our total for a Christmas offering. Why do we give on our Christmas offering? You know why? Because the Bible tells us to love. Paul says love more and more. Increase in that. I thought this week, as some of those Christmas offering checks have been given out to families already, but then as the ministries and the, those, those several dozen and a half or so, whatever those ministries are that we support here in the local Toledo area, and, and those checks that'll be going out in the mail, and I thought to myself, so I wonder this week, as they begin to open those checks and start to see there's, there's a body of believers, a local church in Monclova that love them enough to give. How encouraging that is. Over the Christmas, over the Christmas season, 
we got gift cards from, from folks in our church and we'd, we'd open cards and there was some put money or some put cards. And in every single time we opened those cards and we saw that gift card and we saw that note, we saw that name. It was such a, a reminder that God's people give. They give. My wife has a little box that she puts those gift cards in. And just the, the other day, we were saying, let's go out to dinner. Let's open that box up and see what's in that box. And as we'd pull out a gift card, we were reminded, yes, yeah, so-and-so gave us that. That made that dinner even better to know that somebody cared. The service could have been bad. The food could have been bad. We didn't care. We didn't notice because someone loved. Isn't it amazing what love can do? Isn't it amazing? This is why Paul says, continue, increase in love. Why do we help those in need? Why does our heart break? When I heard of, of, of Pastor John Marshall and, and, and saw some of the pictures of his home on fire and his car, his car engulfed in flames, and, and I thought to myself, man, I, I could have just, just passed, passed that, that, those pictures and, 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 and deleted that message that I got and, and, and just forgot about it and said, you know what, that's fine. We've got our own problems here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worry about what, what we have here. But my heart broke. I started thinking to myself, when I'm going to call next week and see what he needs and see how I can personally help and see how I can bring this before the church. That's what a heart for Christ does. It has a heart to give, to meet a need. Why would we help a pastor on the other side of town? Because we're Christians. That's why. Someone that's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ is never our enemy. They're our brother. They're our friend. When their house is on fire and their car's on fire and their life's tipped upside down and they're not sure what to do, we come running in the name of Christ in love. This is what a Christian does. And this desire that we speak of, it comes from God. And Paul says, increase this more and more. You know what that means? Constantly be growing in this area. We have a family in our church, and I want you to pray for them, the Hopkemeyer family. I, need, I really, really want you to pray for them. Their kids are all getting older. Their kids are all in school. And a year or so ago, they said, we want to foster. And we said, Wonderful. Remember, we had the missions conference, and we talked about fostering, and here, here are the Hopkemeyers for the last year or so been going through the classes and, 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 and wanting to adopt, and, and they, they put down, I think they put down, I, I hope I'm not giving away uh, any, any private information, but if I am, just, just edit this tape. I think they put down, they wanted to, they wanted to um, uh, uh, adopt like four to eight-year-old or five to nine-year-old, something of that, 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 you know, past the terrible twos. <clears throat> And I got a text, my wife and I got a text from Lindsay. We are approved. We, we're we're, we're going to be a foster parents. We're, good. we're approved. And like a couple hours later, we have children coming. 
We have a one and a half year old and a two month old. And she said, she told me, she said, and they have red hair. I said, they're blessed. This is of God. It has to be. In a matter of a couple hours, their home is turned upside down. A one and a half year old, a two month old. I'm telling you, I begin to weep. And I thought to myself, and I said this to the Lord, Lord, here's a, here's a couple of kids who can't be with their parents for whatever reason. I don't know what mom's going through. I don't know what dad's going through, but they're going through something and they, their kids can't be with them. But here's a family that knows you, that loves you. It's going to rock those kids to sleep. It's going to pray for those kids. It's going to read scripture to those kids that are going to take those kids to church, that are going to show those kids maybe for the first time in their life, love, true love. Because that's what Christians do. Who takes a year and a half year old baby and a two month old baby into their home? We should. We should. You know what love does? Love inconveniences you to show love to someone else. Love makes you sacrifice to show Christ to someone else. Love makes you give so that somebody else sees Jesus. Love makes you go out of your way to meet a need. You see, what love does is this. It causes you to have to follow Jesus and be submissive to him. And then you begin to go where he wants to go and, 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 and be what he wants you to be and serve where he wants you to serve and do what he wants you to do. So he receives glory. That's what love is. And that's what comes from God. And Paul says this to the church, let's do this more and more. Why? Because we're Christians. Well, who's nice to people that don't deserve it? Christians are. Who takes care of children when, 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 when there's no one else to take care of them? Christians do. Who comes and loves a, a, a lady in a wheelchair that's been drugged up and, and sold into sex trafficking for five months? Christians do. Who looks out into the world and sees the world needs Jesus and who's going to be kind and who's going to give? Who gives $74,000 to people we don't even know? Christians do. So that God is seen. Church, I want us to do as Paul calls to holiness. Godly living. So Jesus Christ is exalted. Do you know the answer to this lost and dying world? It's Jesus. That's what we need to be. That's who we need to preach. That's who we need to show. Church, let's be holy. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. 
Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.